0: Hello everyone, my name is Dmitry Kiriev, I'm a Site Reliability Engineer, a Cloud Consultant, and this is an audio version of an article that I've published on my blog, automationd.com. How to avoid human bottlenecks in production. There's no doubt. We've all heard a term bottleneck. A bottleneck is one process in a chain of processes such that its limited capacity reduces the capacity of the whole chain. Generally speaking, it is required to have multiple humans to run a larger business, to perform ideation, design, project management, development, QA, marketing, and infrastructure operations. When a single human limits the capacity of a team, he or she becomes a human bottleneck. In this post, I'd like to highlight two distinct types of human bottlenecks, which both can make a negative impact on the productivity of the team from the perspective of operations and site reliability. Expertise level Expertise level bottleneck A situation when a tool or operational process that has been implemented so well that it turned out to be way above the rest of the team's expertise. Such a situation renders technology maintainable by only one person, thus making that person a bottleneck. Imagine Jane, a seasoned site reliability engineer who has been hired to build an infrastructure on AWS for a small startup. She brings in a lot of knowledge and expertise to the team. She knows how to implement all required processes based on the vast experience in the field. Jane has mostly worked in fast-paced technology companies where leadership heavily invested in their staff, so Jane naturally expects all core team members' skills to be on par with hers. She expects the team to be able to operate and communicate on similar abstraction and complexity levels. Jane, having enough knowledge and experience, implemented a CLI toolchain that performs all tasks that were listed in the requirement. Jane chose Golang as this language shows to be very capable for CLI apps and community support is rather high. Her tool configures VPC networking, configures IAM security, configures CICD, deploys API service, deploys worker service. The application is properly designed abstracted, encapsulated, and follows good architecture practices. So by Jane's design, it will be extended by a Site Reliability Engineer or any experienced software engineer, whenever there is a need to add a new feature. Let's say, configure logging, or deploy new AWS service via Infrastructure as Code. What Jane has not yet accounted for is that the skill level of the core team of a startup she is now with was not nearly close to what Jane's expectations were. As a result, every time a non-standard change in the infrastructure code is required, Jane becomes a go-to person to help the team as no one is capable of building on the framework she has developed, even with the great documentation that she provided. Let's take a look at what happens when Dylan, software engineer, who works close with marketing team, asks Jane to build a new infrastructure feature. Dylan. Jane. We need to start using a new service: AWS Pinpoint. Jane, sure, feel free to extend my AWS package. Here's a link to AWS API for that service. Dylan, um, I'm not sure I'd be comfortable with writing Golang. It would take too much time to ramp up. Jane... should be nothing complicated, just use generic package as an example. It would take you a week or so to complete if you start today. Dylan Can you please add the functionality this time? I will get back to it later. Jane Well, okay. I'll have to do it after completing my current priorities. So, ETA to start is in a week. And it would take another week to complete. This way, Jane becomes a human bottleneck of all complex changes to the infrastructure as code solution. The main idea is to set up the team in a way so that software engineering would be able to integrate with the site reliability team and take a portion of their tasks as needed by using the tools provided to them. In order to do so, We need to consider matching skills, expertise, and motivation of both. As technology leaders, we need to validate if Jane is capable to build tools with great runner experience in a way so that all team members would be able to use it naturally as well as incrementally learning the internals of it. Jane may also need to be able to interface the team on sub-level standards for her, as that would be the way for her to build proper bonding and integration. Nevertheless, she still must maintain high standards internally to deliver high-quality operational tools that are not full of bugs, so it doesn't cause terrible operational consequences. As a last resort, a pure business solution may be not hiring Jane for this role at all, but instead hiring Mary, who has shown to have more experience in working with less technical teams, thus being able and capable to properly lay down runner experience design. At the end, the main goal is providing enough support and empower software engineers to use and build on top of site reliability and automation tools, instead of blocking and frustrating them. Pseudo-automation The next type of human bottleneck is indirectly related to the opposite issue – lack of automation expertise. Pseudo-automation bottleneck A situation when a tool or operational process has not been automated enough, it became extremely dependent on the subject matter expert involvement, usually to be the one who manually controls the execution. Imagine Bob, who is a so-called DevOps engineer, who works for a startup which runs on AWS. Bob's job is to maintain the infrastructure, but he never had a chance to implement Terraform or CloudFormation properly. It's there, but no one actually can use it without Bob's involvement, including CICD. Bob has to pass a myriad of obscure tf-var-variable values to each Terraform run. Module structuring is fragile and requires a rough shake on each infrastructure feature. Every time a change in infrastructure is required, everyone has to ping Bob to make a change. So when Alice, a full-stack developer, needs to scale the capacity of their application, it usually could look like this. Alice. We need to increase the size of the API instance. Bob. Sure, please submit a ticket. I'll do it next week. Alice. Can I do it myself so it happens faster? Our infra is in code, right? Bob. Yes and no. It's quite complicated, and you need admin permissions, but I'll take care of it. Alice. I'd appreciate it if this can be done faster. Bob. I'm pretty swamped right now with a new initiative from marketing. Please submit the ticket and I'll look into it next week. Alice. Okay. Sounds familiar, right? We can call it pseudo-automation. As Bob doesn't actually utilize automation to help the team to implement DevOps. He's a manual kind of person, which makes him a human bottleneck. Lack of automation is also producing toil. Thus, we should be avoiding it. Solution As in the first case, the main approach is to empower the whole team to be able to use the tools. It would be hard for Bob since he's not automating things enough. This way, a first step towards a solution would be increasing automation. Define core processes. Before rushing into the coding part, we need to have an idea of the whole set of processes that we may need to be automating. Generally, you can think of how you perform the following. Code deployment. Infrastructure changes and deployment. Backups and validation. Cleanup. Start small. If your application deployment hasn't been automated yet, you have a great candidate. Find a way to deploy your software with minimal number of tools required. If you can deploy your code without extra tooling, it may be your best choice. Shoot for something that can already be used by other team members and CI CD. Automation Testing and Validation You need to be able to trust your automation and have proof for all team members that it can be trusted. The best way to do so is to put an automated process under CI-CD so everyone can see that it actually works. Don't deploy Jenkins or GitLab on-prem just for fun, instead use GitHub Actions, Travis CI or similar cloud-based CI-CD platforms. Start with low-impact areas like dev environment and gradually move towards production as the trust in automation increases. If you'd like to learn more about human bottlenecks and how to avoid them, follow me on Twitter the Automation D. If you have something to add to this article, feel free to add a comment under the post in my blog or reach out to me on Twitter. I'm happy to have a healthy discussion about human bottlenecks and how to avoid them in production. Thank you for listening.